Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As part of our exclusive in-depth coverage of the NFL, your home for the 12th man proudly presents NFL Network Draft Analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. Looking to lose weight, develop a healthy lifestyle, and start feeling great? With 3010, you'll start losing weight the first week and gain greater energy and time for the people and things you love. Now with Daniel Jeremiah, here's Softy and Dick. Softy and Dick without the soft one today, we do have Hugh Millen with Daniel Jeremiah today. And uh, DJ, good to have you on as always. And we have spent a lot of time today talking about Jalen Carter in this pro day. We would not normally do so because we normally draft like 23rd. <laughs> and then we trade down to 27th. <laughs> and then we trade down to 34th, 31st. But um, since we draft 5th, this is definitely a topic of conversation amongst Seahawks fans so what do we make of the news of Jalen Carter's pro day? And and maybe give us a little, because I'm sure you've got some great insight as to what yeah. exactly happened today. Well, I think it's a little bit overblown. Um, I talked to a buddy with a team, and uh, he you know said that their scout that was at the pro day uh, was alerted by, I believe it's Rosenhaus, who his agent is, uh, and said they were told by the agent before the workout that he was going to be limited today. He was not going to do the whole workout. So that was communicated, and you know, because I was asking him, like, was this as bad as it as it sounded? And they didn't seem as uh, dramatic, maybe, as some of the reports coming out of there. Now he's a little bit heavier, but a lot of guys, you know, cut when they go to the combine. Obviously, he didn't end up working out there. I know I saw one of the articles that said he didn't work out at the combine, and then he didn't work out, you know, fully at the pro day. Well, he went back to the combine with the intention of working out after he went to uh, Georgia for the court or where he got put in jail and got out, posted bond, and he was going to go try and work out, and then that didn't end up happening. So um, it's a complicated mess is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, I think teams are still trying to gather as much information as they can, but it sounds like just based off today that today's events were maybe not quite as bad as they were reported. Well, if he had disclosed, if their camp had disclosed that he's not going to be able to complete all the workout, um, did they give a reason why? Is he injured? Is he t- tired? Is uh, uh, And whatever the reason that he may have given or intimated, uh, in, in your estimation, being around personnel guys, uh, is that something yeah. that's going to be uh, uh, okay in the eyes of most personnel people, or is this going to be a red flag? Well, I mean, it's not a perfect world, right? In a perfect world, as you know, you'd like to see these guys go out there and do everything. Um, uh, in terms of the exact reason why, I don't know if he was nicked up. I didn't, I didn't get the exact information on that. A lot of times it's, you know, these in training you've got a, you know, you're a little bit of a tight hamstring or you've got some other type of a muscle issue that you do everything. I do know, you know, athletically he's got nothing to hide from that standpoint because I was told he was going to, you know, run and, and jump out of the gym and all that stuff. Whenever he does officially test, you know, all that stuff's there. It, uh, it's just been a, you know, it, it's not been a great off season for him, uh-huh. but I would say in talking to teams that are picking a little bit lower than where Seattle is, um, some of them are, are, 
you know, they're they're keeping an eye on this situation. I, I cannot see him falling out of the top ten. I know there's been some conversation about that. I think when it's all said and done, if he can, you know, go through this whole process and, and try and clear some of this up, that he still ends up going up there in the in the top five or six picks. Now, looking at the old Daniel Jeremiah top fifty, the two point had him number one. The three point yep. last week had him number five. Where's the four point gonna have him? <laughs> I, you know, he's he's kind of like this was this was me looking at it, and I always try and say, look, these first four or five slots to me, I don't want to, I don't want to miss on that. And Ozzy, when I worked in Baltimore, used to always talk about the fact that hey, we're fine hitting doubles, you know, we just can't strike out, right? So you know, and then so what I did, look, this guy I think could be a home run pick. I think he's the most talented player in the draft, in my opinion, he is. Um, but there's obviously. There's some risk involved now, and uh, and there's more work that needs to be done. So I didn't feel great keeping him up there in that number one spot, mm-hmm. and I thought five was just kind of a nice round number to, to park him right there. So in terms of where it goes from from now till the next update, you know, you know, I, I got to get some more information there, but I would imagine he's probably going to be in the same range where I have him right now. Okay. If you were to get a call from John Schneider, just a hypothetical uh, world here, mm-hmm. where they say, you know, Daniel, we went to hire you as a consultant. And I want the uh, three answers from you on three questions. Um, who would be like a blue sky best case scenario that could fall? Like, like what's a, a reasonable best case scenario? What's a most likely? Uh, who should we take in in a, in the most likely scenario? And what would be like a you know you know like wor- kind of a worst case scenario situation? Um, so that, that's obviously a. Uh, prediction on your part about who's going to be available and what have you. But if John Schneider was really eager on your opinion, how would you uh, respond to those questions? Yeah, I would say best case, which, you know, I think is entirely possible, is that you have quarterbacks go one through four. Yep. And now you're sitting there looking at Will Anderson with the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the best case scenario. Now, maybe a more realistic scenario, in, in uh, I think this is maybe 50-50 at this point in time, you get three of the four. I, I think three of the four are gone. Um, of the so Q's, you get yeah. three yeah. of the four quarterbacks, they're gone, and now you get you know you have your choice there between Tyree Wilson, potentially Will Anderson, or whether or not you're comfortable with Jalen Carter at that point in time. And who do you, um, who, who do you say? I, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be Tyree Wilson. I think you're going to see three quarterbacks. I think Will Anderson, and then I think you know you're, you're sitting there going, okay, um, you know, you maybe flirt with the fourth quarterback, but uh, I think at the end of the day, they end up rolling Geno for a little bit longer and and, uh, and go get yourself a real gifted edge rusher. Who, to be honest, with you, Tyree Wilson could end up being a better player than Will Anderson. He's longer. He's he's a little more explosive. He can do more things. Um, it's it's a fair conversation to have. That'd be a nice. That'd be a nice piece to add to that defense no question about it daniel jeremiah joining us uh you know we were talking about one potential boomer bus guy and jalen carter another potential boomer bus guy at the quarterback position we had randy mueller on uh yesterday our our friend here in seattle daniel and he said he just cannot see drafting anthony richardson in the first round not in the first 10 picks first 20 picks in the first round just because he is so far away and you know you used when you were on with uh, Joel Klatt you used an analogy on uh, on Anthony Richardson that I that I thought was uh, very very interesting maybe you uh, you could share that with us yeah I mean I just look at these quarterbacks really as lottery tickets um, there's no sure thing in this year's group there's a lot of, you know there's a lot of intriguing players but they all have a question on them 
Um, and so if you look at them truly as lottery tickets, and if you went up to the counter to buy a lottery ticket, and they all cost the same in terms of a first-round pick, but one of them had a much higher payout in terms of if you hit the jackpot, you're going you're gonna to make the most. Um, that's Anthony Richardson because there's just so much there if you can hit on it. And, you know, you can go back over the years and kind of look at some of these quarterbacks and say, uh, you know, Lamar needed work as a passer to develop. Uh, Josh Allen needed work as a passer to develop. Fields, you know, still, as we've seen last year, still has a lot of development to do. But with the, with the way the game's different now, if you're dynamic with your legs, mm-hmm. you can be competitive in games and stay in games while you're developing as a quarterback, uh, you know, if you can run and make plays that way. And then buy, your legs buy time for your arm to develop. And I think, you know, the old way, and, and when I started in scouting in 03, guys like Anthony Richardson, we, you know, these were, these were projects. These were fifth-round picks. And like, okay, we got to get him all this work done before we can get him even out on the field. Right. And nowadays, you know what? We're going to run quarterback power. We're going to run QB counter. We're going to roll the pocket a little bit. We're going to run some RPOs, and we can we can we can survive while we're trying to continue to develop him. In your rankings, you have Bryce Young as the number one player in the draft. Uh, CJ Stroud number seven, which of course Seattle yeah. is always considering the possibility. Hey, do you try and get your quarterback in the future? If uh, which which may suggest that Stroud would be a bit available for Seattle. Uh, obviously, you know, Daniel, that, that some people are really put off by, by the size of Bryce Young. You're not. Yeah. He's your number one. Just kind of uh, uh, amplify your thoughts on, on those two guys. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think they're both, you know, they're both really good players. But I, I think the tape in, on, on Bryce Young is as good as any quarterback we've seen the last few years. And the size is what it is. You know, like that's that's a real risk. That's a real thing. I, I don't want to diminish that in the evaluation. Um, but when you look at the important qualities, and, and you know this better than anyone, when you're talking about accuracy, poise, decision-making, he's off the charts in those three critical areas. You know, the ability to then extend and create and be a little bit of a playmaker, he gives you that. You talk to the folks at Alabama and the amount of volume they can put on him, um, the the understanding not only what he's doing, but, you know, checks, protections, fronts, coverages, he's off the charts. And, and they've had some smart quarterbacks. You think about Mac Jones rolling through there. Um, and they say, this guy's on a different level with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you see it and when you watch him, just the real-time processing that he has. Now, you're going to hold your breath when he gets hit. <laughs> that's a real, that's real mm-hmm. concern. I get it. But, um, you know, I, I just think he's the best quarterback in the group. That's why I have him all the way up there. And I think he's going to be able to protect himself a little bit with how quick he, his mind works and getting the ball out. And then with Stroud, I thought Stroud made big progress for me from, from last year to this year. I thought he got into his legs a little bit more, and I thought he drove the ball better. He throws as pretty a deep ball as, as you'll see. I mean, he's outstanding getting over the top, but I thought some of the drive stuff he was lacking a little bit, and uh, I thought that was a big improvement for him. Uh, but his his concern, and it's a valid one, outside of that Georgia game, when he was moved off the spot, his accuracy suffered. You know, he just he 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 really was not the same guy when you had to move when he had to move around a little bit and didn't really uh, have a lot of playmaker to him. So that was the that was the knock on him, but. I've seen that guy get better from, from year to year, and I think the best is ahead. What do you think of Bryce Young uh, not throwing at the combine? Do you think that was the right move? Yeah, I mean, it's it was actually fortunate for us on the coverage that we had three guys throw because that has not been the trend, mm. you know, for years now. You know, we, we cover all these pro days. 
we see these guys throw. And this was the first time in several years where we had three of the top four guys decide to throw. So it hasn't really been much of an issue. I mean, I think you go back to, I think all the way back maybe to Eli Manning might have been one of the first that said he wasn't going to throw at the combine. And since then, it seems like every year uh, the top guy, you know, it's very unlikely that the top guy throws. So not, not a big deal. He'll have an opportunity at the pro day to do everything. Well, we've talked about three of the top four quarterbacks. Uh, haven't mentioned Will Levis. Uh, the inclination to ask you about him is just, again, Seattle at five and, and maybe wanting to draft their quarterback of the future uh, were it to be Levis. What, what's your thought on him and, and the uh, particularly with Seattle, uh, with Geno Smith, the opportunity to maybe mm-hmm. groom Levis for a year or, or more and, 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 and see him as the quarterback of the future? What's your thoughts with him? Yeah, I mean, there's things to love. The size, you know, he's almost 6'4", he's 230. He's an excellent athlete. He's ultra, ultra tough, playing through injuries last year. You could see it on 21 tape, his ability to run and, and, and do things in that department, some quarterback design run stuff. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be able to expand your playbook from that standpoint. He's got a strong arm. I think mechanically he's a flawed. Um, I have him as the fourth guy in the bunch. Uh, just because I, you know, I just don't think he's a, a real natural thrower. He's got a big arm, but especially everything to the left, he's very closed off. It impacts his accuracy. I didn't think his pocket awareness was great either. Um, that's another area that he needs to address. But, you know, from talking to folks at the school, you know, the intelligence, the toughness, the leadership, all that intangible stuff is excellent. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to work with there. I just think maybe even more so than Richardson from a mechanical standpoint, I think there's some work that needs to be done. Well, going back to your lottery ticket analogy and Daniel Jeremiah, NFL network joining us here, uh, talking draft and NFL in general. And you know, you're not, I think it's great on the, on Anthony Richardson. I mean, you, you stick a couple bucks down and hope to win the Powerball. but the, you could use the lottery <laughs> ticket example for some of these other quarterbacks too, because you know, lotteries sometimes have other prizes that you can win. Right. And it seems like, if I'm playing the Bryce Young lottery, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my $2 down. I'm probably not going to win the Powerball, but there's a pretty good chance mm-hmm. I'm going to get a return on my investment if I if I put the 2 bucks down on, on Bryce Young. Is that is that fair versus, versus Anthony Richardson? Yeah, by the way, I'm having flashbacks right now because when I was in college, I didn't, you know, my parents just gave me the Texaco card, which I don't even think Texaco exists anymore. <laughs> but they just gave me the Texaco card. And for some reason, I don't think this is that you're allowed to do this, but the Texaco where I was going to college, I would go in there and they let me use the Texaco card oh, to buy lottery tickets. Boy. So I would do that and then just hopefully you win 20 bucks. And hey, boys, we're going out to dinner tonight. Oh, there let's, you, uh, was, let's so go. It wasn't, evidently, it wasn't itemized on the statement that your parents got that you bought lottery oh, no, no, tickets. No, no, no. On it. I, I, I thought. I thought I held my breath like a month later after the first time that I did it. And when I didn't get any blowback, I, hey, I think we got something. Here. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's kind of well, like which team is risk averse and, and which team's not risk averse. It's like how you choose to invest. You know, some people want to yeah. invest in, you know, Bitcoin. Other people want to invest in blue chip long-term stocks. Yeah. And, and I also think when you look at this draft, it's kind of unique because you've got picks five and six. Um, you know, you've got teams with multiple ones. So, you know, and you've got you've got Gino and Goff. You don't have to rush him. Um, so, I mean, those those would be the two I would, you know, you look at there is, is potential uh, for taking an, an upside shot here. Yep. You know, back to Bryce, though. To me, like, yeah, Bryce, I don't think you're going to hit the the, uh, the Powerball on that one. But, I, you know, th- his thing is just stay healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a really good quarterback. Like, I, I think he can be a top top. 12, you know, top 10 type player. Uh, but you, he's one of those guys, he's going to be dependent 
you're going to have to put you know playmakers and pieces around him, and then he'll just play point guard. Daniel Jeremiah with us, and uh, we, we've hit on the p- potential defensive guys for Seattle. I, I just got to hit you with one more quarterback question, Daniel, because yeah. the statement I made, this is my 25th year doing the draft and pre-draft stuff uh, here on our radio station, and, and the comment I made, feel free to disagree if, if for some reason uh, you don't agree, but Anthony Richardson for you know legit like t- top half of the first-round um, candidates, I've never seen in 25 years a more disparate uh, prospect in terms of like like joking around. I, I said when I watch tape of Florida, I have yet to see a college play yet because he either looks like an NFL MVP or he looks like a high school quarterback. I've never seen you know his bad stuff. Like everybody has a great highlight tape. His highlight tape yeah. is off the chain, right? You just drool. But his if they mm-hmm. if they made low light tapes his low light tapes is just abysmal right so just maybe you you know just the thought of of how uh, here we're talking lottery and all this stuff I I can't spread my arms wider to to indicate the disparity in terms of what he could be on either end both good and bad yeah I mean I I a hundred percent agree with you on that. In fact, I, I tried to do something at the combine. I don't have the book in front of me right now, but I, uh, it was literally the night before and I was thinking, okay, how can I illustrate how difficult of an evaluation this is? And I've, you know, watched all the games like, you know what? Missouri is a, is a good one. Let me go back to that. I, when I watch it, I'm sure the same thing. You're kind of taking your notes through it, but there's a difference between taking notes on a game versus charting, charting the game. So I'm like, well, let's just chart the, the outcome on uh, on what happened in this game. And you watch it, and it's like, um, you know, he rips he rips a post. It, it's dropped. It's like 45 yards on a line, perfect. Um, a, a deep over route that just barely skims the top of the helmet of the corner in coverage, which was from the far right hash all the way to the left sideline. A ridiculous throw. There's an, a ball, a seam ball that pops up in the air and gets picked. So that goes on the you know, goes on the statute of the pick. And so I'm like, there's all these good things. And then literally two swings, two swings that, that are not just like, you know, didn't get there. I'm talking about they're 10 feet short on, mm-hmm. on two swing balls, like mm-hmm. high school throws. So that's kind of like the full experience with him. But, you know, I always feel like with, like with receivers and drops, okay, if you've got a guy that drops some balls, does he do anything special to offset the negative? Right. Um, you know, are there some spectacular plays? And this guy does that, you know. So, um, you know, when Lamar Jackson was coming out, I would tell everybody, you know, every he gets crushed, these teams crushed him. That's the reason why he fell in the draft because the misses are so bad that they they stand out in your mind. But you got to remember, that's just, you know, that's just one or two misses on there. They just were so bad. You think, golly, you know, is this guy ever going to be able to do this? And he had the spectacular to offset that. No question about it. Hey, before we let you go, I gotta I gotta have you weigh in on the uh the bizarreness that is Aaron Rodgers today <laughs> on the Pat McAfee show. Your thoughts on his uh on his comments and how he came out of the darkness uh, a changed man. Yeah, I I just got a text from a buddy in the league that said, Give me one word on what you saw from Rodgers and I'm like, I don't even have one. I don't think I could give you just one word on that. It's <laughs> gonna be interesting. Uh maybe interesting. Maybe that's the word. That's the word. Uh, but I think, you know, all that being said, the one takeaway from the positive that came away from that for, for the Jets potentially is I do think he sounded kind of, you know, motivated, which has been my question with him, yeah, yeah. you know, not doing anything in the offseason with, with the team. Maybe that changes this year. Maybe you get one year of a kind of a pissed-off, motivated Aaron Rodgers. Great stuff, DJ. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much.
Great chat. See you guys. You bet. Thanks, Dan. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, brought to you by 3010 each and every week. We'll get back to some uh, Hawks talk in the next segment. I want to talk to Hugh about the, the running back and the wide receiver position because there are big-time holes there. You don't have a third wide receiver. You don't have a second running back. So we'll talk about that and what uh, type of player fits the best for this team next with Hugh on 93.3 KJRFM. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.